Everything sucks. Just kidding. Everything is great. No, really, I haven't thought about my ex today. Oh wait. Fuck, I just did. But I went. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Bad Weather Podcast. I'm your host, JP Hurley. Joining me today, the one and only your favorite therapist, Brian Burns. What's up, Brian? Hey, JP. How are you doing today? Really good, man. Feeling uh, really good to get back in the saddle here with you specifically. Um, I don't know if we're riding the same horse or separate horses. Uh, I'll let you pick. Um, boy, what are we doing? Uh, I'm, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I let, let's be on the same horse. I mean, we're All a right. team. We'll take a ride mm-hmm. up uh, the old Brokeback Mountain, I guess, together. <laughs> well, when, <laughs> I was, when I was growing up, as probably many boys, my like favorite job, the job that I wanted to do was to be a cowboy um, because I could ride a horse and shoot a gun from the back of that horse. So so I've changed my mind. I want my own horse and I want, you know, a cool uh, like Winchester lever action rifle Um, and and it be legal to just shoot it at stuff from the back of my horse. So you're jumping off my horse. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I wish you're good though. You're good. I wish I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> you just can't quit me. <laughs> no, I know you can't. it's rough. I, I hear that sometimes. Well, guess what? All you Kims and Jims, we got a phenomenal show. Just in case you haven't uh, listened to the show before, this is a show kind of dedicated to men's mental health, but it's kind of expanded out to all genders. Uh so no matter who you are, if you're going through some difficult times, it's kind of meant to bring you back out of that that hole, that pit that you might've fallen in and maybe give you some relatable uh, advice to get through the things that you're going through, uh, surviving your storm. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, great episode today. This is the technically the second time we're doing uh, an episode like this. It is the mailbag episode. And I think we decided to spell it M A L E B A G <laughs> the mailbag episode, right? I think that's what we did the first time. I, d- I don't remember getting a vote on that. Did, did we? No, I don't think we we let you vote, but this is the mailbag episode. It's part two. We did have a mailbag episode in season one of the Bad Weather Podcast, which potentially could be reposted at some point soon. It is still locked down in the Disney vault. Um, And as soon as we decide, we'll we'll bring those ones back out. Well, um, spelling it M-A-L-E sort of makes it more of an anatomy. That's the word. Mm -hmm. Anatomy discussion. Um, yeah. and I was, I was thinking it was more divorce topics. Uh, I mean, the two oh. can be intertwined. They're not mutually inexclusive. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Bring on the, uh, so bag. here we go. Um, I would, I would describe this as a, a bevy of different suggestions from, um, some listeners out there. Uh, the first set of them, um, comes from a gentleman named Matthew. I will leave his last name off just to protect his identity. Uh, Matthew had a bunch of really good suggestions, um, some of which we've covered before and we'll actually refer you back to previous episodes uh, if it's something we've covered before so you can listen to that. Uh, And the first one that Matthew suggested was uh, family court, very pure and simple, Um, assuming he means like, you know, how to select a divorce attorney, how to go through the legal process and, uh, you know, deliberate in court like for things and mediate and Brian, maybe I'll let you say a couple of sentences about this since you're technically, not even technically, you are actually a licensed um, um, mediator or certified. Person. Is it certified? Yeah, it's a certification. Yeah. Certification. Uh, in, yeah. In, in, in the state, not a, not a license. 
And I did do that years ago, get get my certification uh, as a mediator. However, when, when it comes to family court, I mean, I like how that is labeled family court because um, courts are divided into criminal, you know, family divisions, civil divisions, probably there's others, but there it's all the same model. You know, it's all a, you know, one party against another and the government kind of decides the outcome, which is such a horrible place for a family to be in because family mm -hmm. is all about relationships. I mean, there's stuff to, to go through, but kids aren't possessions. They're not stuff. Um, it's more about relationships. So my thought about just overall framing of when you're uh, facing a divorce or in a divorce that that the court is not the place to to do that that how a divorce happens isn't a, just a foregone conclusion like you get put into some system and then you're just a victim to whatever happens i mean that does happen um, but to the degree that you can and want to choose how your divorce goes then then do that and use the right uh, professionals um, lawyers don't like to go to court uh, family lawyers especially and I can't speak for all of them, of course, maybe some do, but don't hire those. Uh, mediators are specifically trained to keep you out of court. Uh, divorce coaches, therapists, um, there's people that are really good at uh, helping you do a divorce and plan the kind of divorce that leads, that preserves relationships as much as that's possible. And our episode with Angela Hart, uh, who is a family divorce lawyer, uh, I think was really on point with uh, specific options that help you keep it out of family court. Now, if you are in family court, and maybe that's kind of where this question is coming from, because not everyone can choose. I mean, if if you're married to someone that just doesn't trust you and, and therefore wants to hire people to protect him or her and via court, then you, you got no choice. You got to do it. And in that case, just do your best to keep it uh, business-like. You know, don't don't use the court system to rehash the problems in your marriage. Don't use the court system to get revenge or make yourself feel better. Treat it like a business, like a business transaction mm -hmm. that uh, you're dividing property and time with the kids. And that's, you know, no fun. But it's a business transaction and there's an outcome and don't get too emotionally invested in that outcome because it's hard. It makes it harder. Yeah, real hard. Um, and I might have um, a few different pieces of advice and I might just tie this back to my own personal experience just because I've gone through that and there might be oh. some folks out there who are about to go through that that might be able to learn from my mistakes and learn from some of the things that I um, you know, got lucky and did well with. Um, so I would say rewinding the clock, um, my, my first, I'm going to go, go in like chronological order. I love doing that. My first big piece of advice is like, I remember when I discovered infidelity in my marriage and for me, I'm the type of person where it's like, it's over. It's not something that I'm willing to mm -hmm. work through or reconcile about. Um, so my separate, my soon to be ex and I sat down and had a conversation and I, you know, brought forward you know, what I had found. And during that conversation within the first like 10 or 20 minutes, I, I, I basically communicated that we're getting a divorce. 
and I feel like I'm entitled to a a, a bigger share of the ass the, the the family assets because of what she's done. Um, and that was uh -huh. a mistake. I'm yeah. gonna, I want to I want to be very clear that was a big mistake. One of the probably the biggest regrets I have looking right. back at the entire experience. And here is why that was a big mistake. Right from that point, my separate, my soon to be ex, didn't trust. Yeah. Didn't trust me. And, and she went right for a lawyer and I had to go for a lawyer. If there was any chance at um, settling this with just a mediator or, you know, any, any sort without, you know, significant legal fees. And I'll, I'll be really honest. Like we spent 19 grand on legal fees combined. If there was any way of settling that outside of any of those big hefty legal fees, and I think that's relatively hefty, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, um, that's I, I, I kind of screwed that up right there. And, and so like the piece of advice is don't have that conversation with your separate until you've had a chance to kind of collect yourself and the emotions have kind of like come back out of it where just like Brian said, um, where you could, you're actually able and capable of treating it like a business transaction and not so much like, you know, you just, <laughs> you're in the yeah. moment, you're going to fuck yourself. So that's, that's yeah. a really big piece of advice I've got. Um, moving forward from there, I would say <clears throat> I, one of the things that, that her and I did really well together was, uh, we had pretty clear, um, ideas of what the split will look like. I felt like I was really giving with what possessions like it's kind of funny because uh i just got done saying that i wanted more than my fair share and later on i realized that was a mistake and i was willing to let her take first pick of all of the you know furniture in the house and all uh, the things yeah. and then whatever is left i would choose from and then if we if neither of us chose something we would just sell it on facebook marketplace so yeah. i would say one thing we did well was productive discussions and, um, you know, help with the split of stuff that made the, the, that family court side of it much easier, because I know that a lot of people can spin their wheels on possessions. Uh, we didn't do right. that. I thought, I thought that was, that was very helpful. Um, and then moving forward into like the, the day of, so like, I think our entire divorce, um, from the, the moment that we had that first discussion and I screwed up, until we were officially divorced, it was February to June. So that's four months. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that is I, good. I would, this is, this is kind of like easier said than done, but I would recommend having, I would recommend putting effort into having it done more quickly than slowly, like as quick as you can, because I felt like that was really beneficial for my own peace, my own mental health. Um, having that be done. I remember the day of the divorce when that came back officially from the lawyers um, that, you know, the, the judge, um, put a stamp of approval on it. It came back. We were officially divorced. I remember that day being a big part of my healing, a big milestone for me to move forward with my, my, my fucking yeah. life. Um, so I would, I would recommend or strongly urge to take measures to have it yeah. be quick and less painful, um, if yeah. possible. But I understand there's circumstances that would pull you back and make it slower. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are just a few things looking back on my, my own personal experience that might be able to help those of you that are, that are going through that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, um, helpful. And I, I hadn't heard you talk about the, your big regret about asking for more than half. Um, mm -hmm. it makes so much sense. Like in the moment that feels so logical and right for you. I'm just imagining, but it's entirely based on your emotion in the scenario yeah. and not 
based on kind of thinking about the future. So good, good example. And thanks for sharing that. Yep. Huge expense. I don't, I mean, I can speak a little bit to like cost ranges. I think the, the minute you hire attorneys, you're probably, unless it's just to draft legal, you know, paperwork at, at the very end, you're probably going to spend 10 grand. Um, it just takes, you know, uh, time to, and, and it adds a little complexity, uh, but attorneys are, are really useful when you don't trust and it's natural not to not trust uh, when a marriage ends, but mediation, I think averages probably three to 7,000 if it's mediation without attorneys, um, like a, an amicable settlement process with attorneys is probably around 10 to 12 average. Again, all this is average. And, a, you know, anything that involves hearings and using the court to resolve disputes is going to be, you know, 20 grand minimum and then, you know, maximum 200 or or, or more. So, oh. uh, I mean, either way you slice it, divorce. Divorce is expensive. And I have a like a the three C's rule of cost. Um the the cost of a divorce is directly related to the cooperate level of cooperation, the complexity, and the conflict. So, you know, if you if there's family businesses or complex asset situations then that adds complexity and it's going to cost more. If you don't cooperate and have high conflict, then it's going to cost more. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that you are entirely in control. I shouldn't say entirely. You have a lot of control when it comes to the, the, the conflict part. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have much control when it comes to complexity or the cooperation from the other side, but I like that. That's a really good price breakdown. Like if somebody is listening and they're considering going, uh, you know, one direction or the other, it's kind of helpful knowing maybe ballpark what that's going to cost. And maybe it might help you reconsider other paths. And I would reiterate what Brian just said too. I would recommend going back and listening to the Angela Hart episode uh, yeah. that we recorded maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm looking at the podcast list that's entitled Choosing an attorney with divorce attorney Angela Hart. It's kind of it's very cool because she has uh, a little bit of a divorce story her own. So it's it's, yeah. it's like a hybrid episode of ours. And yeah. one of the things that stood out most from that episode, uh, and why I'd recommend going back to listen to it, is she does kind of break down. Um, this is what um what what's the term that she used for the the type of attorneys that want to settle things very collaborative collaborative, collaborative attorney. Yeah. yeah. So she, she highly recommended seeking somebody in collaborative law uh, and finding, yeah. you know, that type of route. If you, if you need attorneys, um, and there's just a, just a, just a plethora of really good information on that episode if you're in that stage. So I would recommend going back to check it out. Um, yeah, it is good. Go ahead. um I mean, we, we could talk about this a long time and, and you probably yeah. don't want to, but I, I feel like I want to clarify for Angela, because we didn't really go into a lot of detail about what collaborative law is. And I'm trained in that process as a as a mediator and a and a child expert to, with parenting planning. And so with a collaborative divorce, it's actually a legal contract that you hire collaborative attorneys oh. and are and and an agreement that says that you won't go to court you know, like you cannot go to court within huh. the process. You're eliminating that option, um, which of course there's some risk involved 
But when we're talking about a family, the damage of court is so high that having a, a team, you know, attorneys and clients who are really committed to doing it collaboratively and attorneys that are trained to do that and not just say that they will, uh, I think is so valuable. But you can also hire a collaboratively trained attorney like Angela without signing on to the whole thing where you're obligating yourself to settle mm -hmm. out of court. So that's, that's uh, it does have a lot I, of power. I wish I knew about that for my, like that might've been a, a, an avenue I would have gone down for my yeah. situation. And like, I, I just didn't know about it. So like, hopefully we can educate people and they can know about those types of things going into it. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you haven't uh, pulled the trigger yet, or it's still early in the process, Google collaborative divorce. And um, you, there's lots of great information out there uh, or reach yeah, out to us. And I would put emphasis on that based around like if you have children and multiple mm -hmm. children, like the, the amount of money that my ex and I spent on legal fees ended up feeling pretty unnecessary. And that came right directly out of our kids, you know, yeah, right. spending bucket, you know, like if you break it down, if you boil it down, that's kind of what it comes to it. Like I would much rather you know, spend mm -hmm. like, let each of each mom and dad spend that extra money on a, on a, a fun trip for the kids, you know, to, yeah. Or like something really sweet for their rooms. Cause you're moving into a new place and there's all these expenses anyway. So like, you know, I would, I would really urge that if you have a, a situation that, um, it's possible to do that. You know, what, ha what happens, I think, uh, at least I observe is that when, it, when you first find out either choose or find out that this is happening, a divorce, like you just go into crisis mode. Um, and, and the decision-making is not good when you're in crisis mode. I, I mean, mm -hmm. in the military, they like make you go to boot camp and just beat the crisis mode out of you so you can be <laughs> rational in the face of danger. I think that's the whole point of boot camp. Yeah. Um, so, and and people do understandable things like you did in in your scenario is they is they kind of lay down lay, they draw lines in the sand like I want the kids, um, eighty percent of the time, and I want the house and everything else I can negotiate. I mean that may be made like in good faith, like it makes sense to you, it feels right for the kids, for you, for the whole situation. But it just draws a line in the sand that invites more conflict. It's not a cooperative statement to make, mm -hmm. uh, even if you you know make it with heart and and good intent, mm -hmm. or or going out and hiring an attorney um, for good reasons, but without telling your spouse that you're doing that, and then the attorney because you're scared, understandably, there's good reasons to be scared, but then the other spouse finds out that you did that because they get this paperwork that's pretty aggressive, you know, mm -hmm. that might say things in it in legal language, like your spouse is seeking full custody, even though mm -hmm. your spouse might not be seeking full custody. That's just what lawyers do in their legal mm -hmm. language. It sets the tone that is really hard to come back from because yeah. then the trust is just out. Any trust that there could have been goes out the window. Yep. And if you're on the side that has that delivered to the other, to your soon to be ex, you know, that that's kind of a power move, having a lawyer yeah. communicate legal lingo yeah. to your ex, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so slow down, try to try not to make decisions out of emotion, get mm -hmm. good advice, 
um, it's scary to to do that because it feels like you are putting yourself at more risk, but you're actually protecting yourself from mm -hmm. unnecessary cost and emotional damage. Yeah. By doing that. And I remember, and I'm glad we're kind of drilling into this because there are things that haven't been said on our podcast yet before that, because we just haven't gone as deep into a topic as we normally would like to. So like in this case too, I'm, I'm remembering back to, um, I made the mistake and I, and I said, I believe I'm entitled to more. And then later on, maybe like a week later, she was the one that kind of initiated the lawyer side of it. I hadn't chosen a lawyer. I had researched lawyers just in case okay. I needed to have one lined up. Uh, and by the way, that's another piece of advice I would have. It, when you kind of feel like things are coming to an end, it's probably smart to have to do some research and to have some notes down about like um, who I'm going to see for a therapist or, or like these are some therapists I want to line up to interview. Uh, these are some lawyers I want to line up to interview just in case shit hits the fan. I need a lawyer. These are some mediators that are recommended. It's a good idea to have kind of an idea around some of those things. Um, I remember that being helpful to my own sanity also i'm the type of person that kind of needs to have a plan and like when you start to yeah. go through divorce all yeah. your fucking plans are shattered like mm -hmm. all the plans you had for anything yeah. in the future are shattered so like i needed to make new plans and that was part of it you know like this now this is something else i'm going to focus mm -hmm. on i remember that being very helpful mm -hmm. but she was actually the one that initiated like a week later she's like i have a lawyer this is his name he wants the name of your lawyer so they can get into contact with each other i'm like well i don't have one yet and again, it was another opportunity, another, another window for me to maybe pull back and be like, hey, listen, maybe, you know, if I had known about it, maybe a collaborative uh, situation, collaborative divorce might be more fruitful for us. Can we consider alternatives? Or maybe I didn't even need a lawyer. Uh, Brian, this is a question I want to ask you as your experience with a mediator. If your soon-to-be ex, your separate gets a lawyer, does that necessarily mean that you should get one or you need one? No, you don't need a lawyer. Um, the, the chances of actually going to court are low. I think a very, very small percentage of divorces actually end up in a courtroom. I mean, there might be some mandatory hearings, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, mandatory hearings where you're just, you know, verifying that the divorce is happening. It's like status updates. So the chances of having to have a lawyer that stands up in a courtroom and represents you is low. Um, when people hire a lawyer, it's, it's as a counselor or advisor or strategist. It's someone that they can have in their corner to make them feel more confident to, and better. It's like hiring a realist, uh, a realtor to sell your house. Like you can do that on your own, but I wouldn't, you know, there's just, too much There's shit you don't know about. Yeah. Too much at stake. So hiring a lawyer, uh, worst case is because you can't speak for yourself. You need someone to do that for you because of the, the dynamics in the relationship. Oh, more often you're hiring a lawyer because you don't know what you don't know. And you need someone yeah. to, to consult with. But when you're in the mediation room, you're speaking for yourself, you know, like yeah. you're doing the work and you should, it's your life that we're talking about because you're never um obligated to say yes uh, until the answer is yes in a mediate mediation setting mm -hmm. uh, and the mediator is not going to force you or decide for you so it's not uncommon for one side to have a lawyer 
um, who that person is using as a, as a, again, a support and strategist. And the other one doesn't because mm-hmm. they don't need it. Uh, I got a really good question for you, but before I ask another little piece of thing that I remember, um, I remember distinctly that our lawyers made it more difficult for us, actually, the divorce. Um, There were many instances where, like even my my ex would even admit this to me, there are many instances where my lawyer or her lawyer would try to like slide some things into the decree that we hadn't agreed to. And and I remember early on, and for those that don't know the process exactly, it's up to you and your separate, your soon-to-be ex, to decide on the things before you go to the lawyer. Like the lawyers, unless you guys can't communicate and there's like some extreme example of, you know, a lot, a lot of toxicity in your divorce. Uh, but if you guys can communicate, your lawyers are going to have you decide uh, what the parenting pr- plan proposal is. What you know, how often yeah. you want to have your kids you know, each other's places, um, what the split is for assets, um, and what the, Mm -hmm. you know, fit the, all the, you know, if you're selling your house, if you're, all those things need to be decided by you, if it's an amicable uh, situation. And I remember our lawyers kept throwing in curveballs and wrenches. Um, uh, I don't want to be too specific for, for example, like one of our lawyers would say, you really need to put in, um, some, uh, what's it called? child um it's money not, not spells of maintenance but the child version child uh, support child, child support thank you god what a brain fart for a friday um one of our lawyers kept saying you should throw in child support because there's a discrepancy you know we, we made about the same amount of money yeah uh, but it like sometimes didn't look like it on paper um and like one of the lawyers okay. kept saying put put child support in and, it, and it's like no we already agreed that we're just gonna go our separate ways split things 50 uh-huh. 50 um, no child support. Mm-hmm. We're going to split all the expenses that, that are related to the kids uh, and no child support. And then like multiple at multiple touch points, child support kept trying to get slipped in there. And I think it was because the lawyers knew that would kind of drum up some drama a little bit and maybe um, give them a little bit bigger of a payday. I don't know how much of it was like being. I th- I think what they're I, I'm going to give the lawyers the benefit of the doubt that they weren't doing it just for their own, you know, financial gain, although that certainly that could be. I think that they're looking at it from a liability standpoint, like covering their own ass. Like so they're saying, I don't want a client to come back to me later and um complain that I didn't do my job. Sure. So they're like, let's not leave any stone unturned. Let's bring okay. up any possible thing that could you could regret later that's a good pov yeah um but so and i had a question for you too um if i want to just kind of like really drill down into the different options that people have if they're going through like this process uh legally um from a a mediation standpoint i would say from uh, a lawyer and a mediation standpoint i think the biggest knowledge gap for me was i didn't know um, how different parenting plans worked. I didn't know like what types right. of things I should be adding to a decree or a parenting plan. I didn't know what types of things. So I wonder if like, if there's a great resource for people to kind of educate themselves before going to mediation so they can like, yeah, yeah. the parenting plan is going to be five, two, two, five. Um, she gets Monday, Tuesdays, I get Wednesday, Thursdays, and then we alternate weekends. Yeah. Um, this is what the split's going to look like. We're going to sell the house. It's going to go to this savings account. So like, I think the benefit that my and her lawyer had was that they covered all those bases. Like you're talking about, they knew the right. things that we didn't know. 
Right. But if somebody wants to proceed without that lawyer, is there a way that they can self-educate so that they can yes. maybe um, close those gaps? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just say if if I were um, if I were going to to do a divorce, here's what I would want to do. Um, and and don't worry, Emily, uh, this isn't imminent. Uh, this is you know, but <laughs> also don't be too sure. Just kidding. So Emily is Brian's wife. Just remember for the yeah yeah for the yeah, listener that yeah uh-huh. for now. <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry uh, again, Emily. Sorry. Yeah. No, I love I love Emily. Um, I'm very lucky to to be her to be for her to be my wife. So if I but if if it were me, I would. Uh, so every I'm assuming every county where we live uh, in the states where I practice. I'm assuming in most counties in the country, the the county is what is administrates family uh, disillusions, family court. So on the clerk of court or the county web court website, they will have a packet or information about essentially do-it-yourself divorce. So you can download the packet. It'll walk you through the the most you know the critical elements including the financial and the parenting side of divorce now um those are not going to be very comprehensive or or adequate i think to cover everything but it gives you a good start about what you need to be talking about and thinking about and so then you can go to google and and say and google you know common parenting plans uh and and get all that information that way uh or you can google how to know you know if if i'll be have child support or not Uh, and there's lots of information out there so then when and then what i would do is once i'm prepared with and and have had a discussion with my wife uh, about kind of thoughts and again this isn't drawing lines in the sand anywhere it's just here's some thoughts, you know, what brainstorming, circle of trust. Let's just throw it all out there, assuming you can do that. Then I would hire a mediator because you don't know what you don't know. And and they're going to have their own process of walking you through all of the uh, financial and parenting decisions that need to be made. You'll be prepared having already thought about all of those things. And they'll probably have more because, you know, they're professional that's their job they do a more comprehensive job than a diy packet would and if and then if if you're getting stuck or the the level of trust in each other isn't high enough then you hire lawyers mm-hmm. because lawyers will help you know what you know they'll give you a reality check of like yeah you can't trust that you're just gonna have to deal with it don't get hung up on it um, or tell you, yeah, yeah, you should probably dig in on that because you've got a good case and um, that makes sense. That's very good. I would say if you want information on how to choose a lawyer, again, go back to that Angela Hart episode. We get very deep yeah. into the weeds on that topic. Um, yeah. But what we didn't really talk about, and it's once again, there's uh, uh, unfleshed questions that we have from that episode that we're talking about now. This is great. I've got one for you. We talked about how to choose a, an attorney. Um, for divorce, but what about um, how would you go about a choosing uh, mediator? Uh, word of mouth. I, I mean, I would I would talk to people. I would um, I would interview. Uh, I would probably do free consultations with two or three lawyers, 
you know, without the intention of hiring them. And I would do that transparently. I would do that with my separate so that we're both hearing the same information and asking questions in front of each other. You don't have to. You might want to do it one-on-one -on -one just for your own uh, comfort level. But if you can do it together, even better, because you're hearing the same information and building trust in that in that process. And then you ask the attorneys, you know, we want to do this amicably, cooperatively, or collaboratively, specifically. What mediators in this area do you know that are, you know, are co collaborative or cooperatively minded? That's really good. And I got it. Like, I, I just keep getting these questions too. These are the types of questions that I'd be interested in asking you while I was going through the process. Obviously, that's a foregone conclusion for me. Uh, but here's another really good one that it might benefit some of the listeners out there that might be going through this. What are some do's and don'ts during mediation that you've seen? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, this is <laughs> all of the don'ts are going to happen when you're <laughs> emotionally dysregulated. <laughs> Uh, so, so it's, it's all <laughs> this is a great way to put it, by the way, <laughs> just dysregulated. It's all a matter of your emotional state, uh, because when you're, um, when you're, you're in fight or flight mode or, or emotionally dysregulated things that seem right and good and, and, and just are not, <laughs> I mean, that's just all your intuition, uh, coming to bear, which is powerful. I mean, most of us make decisions based on intuition, not actual logical thinking, at least the big ones. So so you just can't trust yourself when you're in that dysregulated state. And so what people do that is what you don't do is they um, make threats, you know, about, well, if you don't agree, then, or they bring up the past. Uh, that's a big don't. Don't bring up the past. Don't relitigate what happened in your marriage. I mean, well-intentioned, um, often mothers, because often mothers um, sacrificed a career or spent more time in the home than fathers did, and not always, but but often, they will say, "Well, I, you know, I've been with the kids uh, when they were young, so I should have more more time." I mean, that's a true statement. It's it's and it's well well-intentioned. But it's, you know, then he's going to say, you know, at my expense, you know, like I had to work my ass off in order to bring in enough money. So I deserve to have more time, the kids, because it's my turn, you know, or more just, of the money. It, yeah, it invites a tit for tat that just mm -hmm. isn't constructive. Uh, and it and it gets set off by bringing up the past by using the past to justify whatever it is. And there is a way to talk about the past, but only if you're emotionally, you know, centered, confident, calm, then you, then you maybe can do it. Um, so the do's are, I mean, have a game plan, like have done your research and, and have pre-prepared several different options about dividing assets or dividing um, parenting time so that you don't have to get it's it's not i have to get this this has to be the outcome because then you're just limiting your 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 options another do don't say no um like if your spouse comes up with hey well this is my idea i want to have this full retirement you know asset 
and you can have the house. If even if in your mind, you're like, there's no way in hell, you know, like that's the, <laughs> don't say that say, okay, that's, that's a good idea. Um, let's keep talking about, um, a, a different idea too. Let's keep everything on the table. Mm -hmm. Cause that that's collaborative. That's a collaborative approach to problem solving that doesn't shut anyone down or draw lines in the sand. That makes sense. Uh, here's a question I got for you. Cause I've heard of some people that have gone through mediation that have done it this way. And I, I want to hear what your input would be. If you were unable to have an amicable, like face-to-face -face conversation with a mediator with your ex, cause there's going to be yeah. communication happening while you're sitting at the table, I'm guessing. Yeah. Would going into separate rooms be a beneficial type of thing? Yeah, I, I don't like that approach very much, um, but sometimes it, it does help if you just can't speak freely in in front of your spouse. But if, so rewinding the tape a little bit, um, I said what I would do, and that's assuming assuming I can collaborate with, with my separate. If you can't, which many people can't, and I totally get that, then hire the right lawyers from the get-go, make an investment in your future by hiring collaborative lawyers that will keep you in the same room with the kind of support that you can stay there. Meaning there's guidelines for communication. You know, you're agreeing to not interrupt each other, not make threats, uh, speak respectfully. And then if, when that gets hard, cause of course it's hard, you have someone by your side who's holding your feet to the fire and also not making it worse. And if you have to then go into separate rooms, then that's, that's, you know, that's okay. But try to do it with the right, try to stay in the same room with the right support to keep you calmer, more regulated, following the rules, trusting that process. Does, does that make sense? That's really good. Okay, good. Um, and gosh, we're kind of running out of time already. This is crazy that this, uh, question that was asked by, um, I can't remember who I said his name on. Was that the, that was Matt. yeah, Matthew, uh, Matthew, you, you asked two good of questions, I, I think. Uh, so we will have to have additional mailbag episodes going forward here, but, um, one last thing about this, and then I want to give you an opportunity to ask a, a burning question of the podcast because you're back and that's what you do. Um, I remember, I distinctly remember when we would have our like discussions about the parenting plan, the decree stuff. Um, we'd, we'd usually try to do as many of those things as we possibly could without using our lawyers because that saved a lot. Um, so I wouldn't, I, I would recommend listeners that get, that get lawyers, uh, to not send through every little minuscule question through them to ask your, uh, separate if you can, if that's possible. Uh, so that was something that was a, a do that saved me a lot. Um, and I also like, we've talked about this maybe two or three times in our podcast series in the past, I would strongly urge you to keep emotion. On. I know we talked about this earlier in this one too, but keep emotion out of those conversations. If you notice that it's coming, really find a way to step out of that situation because those conversations kind of have built in emotional fuel as they are, yeah. and it can easily slip in that direction and go south really fast. So if you find yourself kind of like slipping into that, um, excuse yourself step away and come back again when you're able to play nice. And it's like, no matter what the situation was, I, I remember 
Um, again, my, my situation had, um, cheating and lying built into it. So it was a really perfect storm for me to have emotion going into those conversations. But I do remember many of the conversations that we had, not all of them, cause I, I was emotional also, but many of the conversations we we'd have, my separate was bringing emotion into it. And I was kind of caught off guard by that. And I kind of would like one up her and I, you know, mm. we kind of keep one upping each other. It turned into, into somebody storming out the door. Yeah. Uh, don't let it get to that. I did. Don't let it yep. get to that. That's that's a very damaging because in those moments, all those conversations, you're kind of building the foundation to the future of your co-parenting dynamic or parallel parenting, whichever direction you're going to be going. So it's real important to find it within yourself to try to play nice uh, during those things. And honestly, just like it is one of those things that you're going to have to just slog through like a swamp. You just yeah. have to get through it while playing nice when it's done you have your thoughts and feelings. You don't have to communicate with them anymore. It's going to be a relief, um, but really got to slog through that when it, when you're going through it. I don't know if we've used the phrase uh, um, perpetrating from the victim position. No, on the, on the show before, like that 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 uh, phenomenon of you know you go into a discussion feeling calm. And then you get criticized or attacked or your buttons got pushed. And then you, like you just said, you one up, you know, like you fight, fight, fight back. And it feels justified, you know, because like, well, hey, if you're going to punch me, I'm going to punch you back. It probably is. Yeah. Um, But you, it, there, there's no justification for being a bully. Like just because you got punched doesn't make it okay to punch back. So a lot of abusive relationships, and I'm not saying that that's abusive, are, you know, people justify it like she made me do it. Like if she wouldn't be X, Y, Z. And all of that is perpetrating from the victim position. It's it's giving yourself permission to be a perpetrator because you got hurt. And there's mm -hmm. just no value to it. And it indicates that you yourself are dysregulated and out of control. Yeah. That's um, a good one. So I got a, I got a burning question for you. All and right. It, this is, uh, this is the week of Valentine's day. I think uh, maybe listeners, maybe the episodes you guys recorded already will be out, but I haven't got a chance to talk about Valentine's day with you guys. So what is your, how did you celebrate Valentine's day? Ooh, I love it. Um, I had my kids during Valentine's day. So, um, Sarah, my lovely girlfriend and I decided to have like a blended type of thing. So we took all the kids out to, um, a restaurant. We, uh, had some food. Um, nice. I took the kids to target. They each got like a gift, you know, a, a cash gift from me to choose some, something that they could get for themselves from target. Um, and they got to bring that to the restaurant with them. So it was kind of cool. Um, and then we just like kind of, um, had Sarah and I had our own time after bedtime to kind of open up gifts from each other. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So it was, it was really kind of like low key kind of chill, but like kind of a fun first Valentine's day all together kind of thing. So it was really cool. Also, uh, just before Valentine's day, uh, this is a great opportunity for a shameless plug on this episode too, but, uh, Jonathan Miller, our other co-host and I sat down the day before to record a, uh, a new podcast that's on this it's a, it's a separate podcast channel on the family bad weather, uh, family of podcasts, podcast mm -hmm. family. Um, and it's called bad weather after dark and him and I, as a, a Simon America homework assignment, we watched the movie, the notebook. And on this episode, we very 
hilariously kind of broke it down and brought it into like a relationship type of light. Mm. Um, and we recorded this all on that Tuesday, so it could be released on Wednesday. Um, so I'd encourage listeners to check that out. It's really cool. Uh, it's free right now. It might be something that'll turn into a subscription later, but uh, free episode. Watch the notebook. Uh, perfect for the week of Valentine's Day. Him and I yeah. did that together. So we we did not watch Brokeback Mountain. We watched the Notebook. <laughs> That's in the queue, though. I hope. <laughs> maybe it maybe it will be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bad weather after dark. That sounds sexy. Uh, yeah, and it's really cool because John, as people as listeners know, John's the producer and editor of our shows. He put in some like really like sensual slow beat music uh, for the <laughs> intro and stuff like that. And I was just like, I just feel dirty listening to this right off the get go. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> I, I have not listened to that yet. Okay, burning question back on you. What did you do? So I, um, I love Valentine's Day. Um, I'm a, it, that I'm saying that from a privileged position. I know I'm not wow. single um, or divorced. I think single people, men and women, dislike Valentine's Day uh, for for probably good reasons, but I love it. And I'm not afraid or, or shy about saying that I'm also a marriage counselor, relationship expert. So how can you not kind of get on that bandwagon? But I just think there's no, like any excuse to kind of go over the top and go big and show your love to people that you care about. I'm going to take it. And I just dislike the excuse that, well, I don't need an excuse to, you know, to show love. I do that every day. Well, mm -hmm. who does that every day? Like, come on. Uh, you don't. No. So, um, uh, what I did is, and this is kind of uh dad flex. We make, uh, I, when the kids were growing up, I'd make purple, not purple, pink heart shaped pancakes for breakfast. And, you know, uh -huh. they'd cover them with whipped cream and strawberries and stuff. And I'd have some balloons on the table already set up uh to show my my girls that they're my valentine so i'd made those and but put a made a video of it and sent it to them in the morning so because none of them are living at home at the, at the moment good for them and so that's what i did for the kids and we were invited to this uh one of those brazilian uh barbecue barbecue restaurants you know uh, oh those are so good yeah like fogo de show or whatever yeah churrascaria although I can't pronounce that in Portuguese. <laughs> but it was just jam-packed. It was so crowded, and uh, we didn't get as much meat. I'm, I'm a big-time carnivore, so I like that's I, I don't eat all day, and then I don't touch the salad bar, and I just get the, the meat at those because it's not cheap. So it was still fun. We did it with friends, and we all kind of said romantic things about our friends, not our spouses. And You did what with friends? I'm just kidding. That's an interesting way to celebrate Valentine's Day. Like, hey, let's just all go to a meat place, right? <laughs> you know, where it was I'm going fun. With that. Yeah. It was uh, the these particular friends were, you know, we're all married and happy in our marriages, so we can kind of um, make each other kind of celebrate that together without making anyone else feel bad. And I like that. So like that's that. what I nice. did. Congrats. So uh, one follow-up question, and then I want to make like a statement. The follow-up question is, do you think that any of your daughters do that, make the pancakes to kind of keep the tradition alive in their new homes that they're at? Oh, that is, a, great, that is a really good question. Uh, one of them did. 
That's cute. Yeah, I love she, that. She lives with roommates, and so she made pink pancakes for her roommates. Oh, that's so um, awesome. Yeah, it was so sweet. I was just pumped. And that's the first time, at yep. least that I can remember, that that's happened. But I, th I think it's kind of a parent thing. I think that when they have kids, if, you know, if they choose to have and can have kids of their own, they will, uh, I, I bet they all, they all try it out or something yeah. like it. Hopefully they'll put their own twist on it. There you go. Uh, and here's the statement before we close things off and say goodbye. I do want to take a moment to acknowledge how difficult Valentine's Day of yeah. all holidays is when you're going through divorce, newly single, or maybe even like a year, two years, many years later. I remember this being one of the difficult ones. And it's it's really easy to feel, you know, frustrated or almost vindictive about it. Like if you see a couple like at a restaurant on or around Valentine's Day and you're single or freshly single or getting divorced, it's like it's pretty it's it's pretty hard not to say fuck those guys, you know, like this yeah. like I am miserable and I want everybody to be miserable. So I just want to like say to the listener that might be in the middle of the shit or, you know, feeling a little bit lonely that, yeah, it, it is normal for this, this holiday to suck a little bit. Um, uh, and I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. Um, you know, work your best to get through it, do something to treat yourself maybe on that day to, you know, not distract, but just like self-soothe some little bit of self-care. Um, cause I've been there before I can relate to it and it, it really does suck. I want to confirm that. So. Thanks for saying that. I that's yeah. that, I'm sure that's true. Um, and that's with that, that's all we got for this week's edition of the Bad Weather Podcast. Once again, just to reiterate, I would encourage you to go check out the additional podcast that we put up, Bad Weather After Dark. You can find that on any listening platform, the one you're listening to right now. You can also find it on our website, badweatherwellness.com. You can follow us on any social media platform that you you like, Instagram, X, TikTok. It's at Bad Weather Pod. We'd love to hear from you. Any other suggestions that you may have for future episodes for the mailbag episodes, feel free to shoot them in the comments of any podcast listening platform, those social media platforms. We'd love to listen to what you got. And we'll probably try to dive into some of these other ones that we had from uh, other listeners in a future episode. Uh, but for now, that's what we got. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, uh, go hug somebody. Whether you're in a relationship or not, everyone likes hugs. I want to forget my bad days, all my bad days And be okay, and be okay Spend my spare change down at the arcade And then I'll say, I'll say everything sucks